Welcome everybody to the December market update from Rosecut. I'm joined by Mike as usual. How are you, Mike? Daniel, hey, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm looking forward to the end of the year. Um, and what's in store for us in, in uh, 2021. Good year in markets, not a great year otherwise, I think. Yes, that's a good way to summarise things. Uh, hopefully by the end of the year, we will have everybody's favourite topic for the past few years, uh, which is Brexit, and uh, some further news on that. Uh, as we speak, they had a deadline yesterday for the conclusion on the talks, and that deadline got pushed forward once again. So uh, no conclusion there, but uh, hopefully by the 31st of December, we will, we will hear something. I guess when our podcast is published, and you know, again, it's impossible to try and predict the ins and outs of Brexit, but I, I think we will have something of a, of a truce, of a deal. It won't be a great deal, but it will be a sort of a, an ending of sorts to, to Brexit without, I think, too much disruption. We will see. And speaking of politicians, there was some interesting news out of the US on Friday uh, when the news of the Facebook and the antitrust suit broke. And essentially, a few people have said the US government essentially is looking at um, potentially breaking up the company because it's, it's just too big, it's anti-competitive, and, and that's a big risk for these big tech companies. Uh, I think a lot of them have almost had a business model which is trying to create a bit of a monopoly for them. Um, and that's you know part of the reason why they've done so well over the past 10 years. Now, if this movement catches on um, with politicians intervening like this, then it, it might mean the next 10 years is not as healthy for the tech uh, sector. Which kind of plays into some of the stuff we've been uh, looking at and, and doing in portfolios where we've been moving away from tech stocks and, and into value stocks. Yeah, I think actually, Daniel, the, I mean, the, the Facebook news is interesting because it maybe foreshadows a, a change in regulatory regime in, in maybe two respects. One is that the Biden administration will probably encourage regulators to be tougher on tech. And also, I think that they will, I, I think, have a more coherent collaboration with the EU on things like data, um, people's data rights. Um, so not, not calling the end of big tech yet, but I think the, the, the very, very easy regulatory outlook we've seen in maybe the last four years is probably coming to an end. And do you think there's going to be many other major changes that we'll see from January when Joe Biden takes office? I think what we'll notice straight, straight away uh, would be a change in style, uh, far less tweeting. Uh, to start with. I think an, an administration that's probably more broadly represented by the members of the administration and not overly dominated by the, the president. What I think will, will, will probably happen in the sense of what's not expected is you see a more of a progressive approach to economics. Janet Yellen in particular as the next Treasury Secretary when she was at the Fed talked a lot about inequality, long-term unemployment and I think her first couple of pronouncements will we'll pr- probably focus on, on that area. I think you'd see on trade, uh, re-engagement with Europe, but very little change, I think, vis-a-vis China. I'm not expecting much new from the, the Federal Reserve. I think what they are probably looking ahead to next is that, you know, post-COVID, post-period uh, of vaccination, will there be a, an unleashing of pent-up demand? 
um, for consumer goods, travel, etc., and what kind of permanent effect this will have on inflation. I think that's going to be the big, the really big issue for debate in markets and economics uh, as we get into the, uh, the the new year in the spring. Yeah, the inflation question is always uh, something that we, we talk about in our industry, um, and there's been a lot of long-term structural trends driving it down. Uh, so it would be it would be a surprise to people if it turned around probably to be expected for inflation to rise next year if only by reference to the price of oil and if you think of that change that price change year on year well the price hit zero and, and less at one point in 2020 so uh, lots of inflation really pressures from there and also i think uh, commodity prices because of climate damage around the world there's there will be upward pressure on soft commodities as well so you're, you're going to have lots of year-in-year effects on on broad commodities that will push up the level of CPI. And again, I think the tough one for central bankers would be to judge whether these are one-offs associated with the the readjustment uh, of the world economy to to, to COVID and what's coming after. Are these more permanent effects and do they then need to to begin to think about adjusting policy? And speaking of permanent, longer-term drivers for inflation, I suppose that leads us quite nicely into uh, a conversation about globalization by reference to uh, a TED talk that you did recently, which uh, you know I'd be interested in uh, hearing what uh, motivated you to do that and uh, you know how you found it. Uh, yeah, so in- interesting story. So um, I mean, the, the TED talk was based on loosely around um, the the book I did, the the leveling called um, the, the subtitle of which is "What's Next After Globalization," and I was supposed to do it in uh, Vancouver, live in Vancouver uh, in April. Uh, that didn't happen. And many more people, I think, were, were more disturbed by COVID. So anyway, in the end, I ended up doing it from home. In, in that respect, the timing is not bad at all because you know we're, we are, I hope, coming to the end of the COVID period and people have a sense of reflection and looking out into next year. The TED process itself was very interesting because TED Talks, not only are they very interesting, but they look very easy. And my rule of thumb is that if anything looks easy, then a great deal of work has gone in <laughs> yes. preparing it. And that, that's the case with TED. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fantastic team. Uh, they're very diligent. They work a lot on the, the content and on the delivery. Uh, they were certainly very, very patient with me because the world was changing. My, my, the nature of my talk changed uh, several times through the course of the year. What the talk is really is, is just putting globalization behind us and putting out some ideas as to what is coming next. So, for example, one would be a Europe that's more driven by values in terms of its economic planning, uh, better understanding China. I think from a Western point of view, we, we don't do that. People think of China in a very jaundiced, old-fashioned way and don't give enough, for example, thought to Chinese history and where, where that leads China in the future. And then I think what's quite interesting for the 21st century is what happens to big, populous, fast-growing countries like Bangladesh, Nigeria, uh, Ethiopia, some of whom are, are kind of mired in crisis at the moment, but they have huge potential. Um, and I really wanted to focus on that uh, as, as a guide to the future. Yeah, I, I thought it was excellent. So uh, we will we will put a link on this podcast. And uh, for anybody who wants to spend 12 to 15 minutes uh, hearing, uh, uh, hearing these insights, 
it's well worth a listen. Please do, thanks. Uh, I think that's it for me for this month uh, and for this year, I guess. Um, hopefully 2021 will be a little calmer for markets uh, and uh, a bit more fun overall, shall we say. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> thanks very much, Dan. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, and uh, happy Christmas to everyone. <laughs>